Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I'm going to begin a, a message this morning. The Holy Spirit, I, I was, something that's been stirred in me for quite some time and, and I want to look at the anatomy of the heart. The anatomy of the heart. What is the heart in the Bible? The heart in the Bible is the spirit. You know, the Bible tells us that we are a threefold being. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. The soul and the spirit are not the same. Have you ever realized and noticed yet that you can change your thoughts? Did you know that? You might think a thought, then you change that thought. You might have words going on in your mind and Sometimes they are good, sometimes they're not so good. Sometimes other things start happening in how you're thinking. But you can stop that, can't you? You ever notice that? But see, that's your soul. That's your soul. Every human has a consciousness, even a subconsciousness, but they are not your spirit. That is your soul. You, the spirit, is actually greater than the soul. And you can actually renew the consciousness, even the subconsciousness. The Bible calls it the spirit of the mind in Ephesians chapter 4. Romans chapter 12 tells us that it's the soul. It's the renewing of the mind. So there's two parts to that. Romans 12 is talking about the renewing of the mind. Ephesians 4 is talking about the renewing of the spirit of the mind. Have you noticed as a believer, as you've gotten into the Word of God and as you've been yielding more to the Holy Spirit and desiring to know Him and your prayer time and your walk and your daily walk, as you've surrendered your life more and more to please Him, to do what is right, to walk by faith and not by sight? Have you noticed how that there's been a little bit more check into what you allow into your mind? Have you noticed that you have been now harnessing the very thought processes of our mind. You know, the Bible even tells us that we should bring every thought into captivity. He didn't say some of the thoughts, some of the time. He said every thought, all the time. Into captivity. What does captivity look like to you? Then that's what we're supposed to do with every thought. The Bible says bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Well, how do we do that? Well, the Bible says that Christ is in you, which actually tells us and goes on to say it's the hope of glory. What is glory? It's the very weight and presence of God. Did you know the Bible says in Ephesians that as ministers of the gospels, teachers of the word of God, that we're called to equip the saints to prepare them for the work of the ministry, that you might grow to the point that the fullness and stature of Christ would dwell in you. Isn't that something? Wow. So that means less of us, more of him. Can I say it like that? Less of us, more of him. And that is the desire that God has for each and every individual because... He's not trying to control you. He's trying to get you in a place of freedom and liberty. 
that you will walk in another level that is over the flesh in what the Bible calls in Galatians the beggarly elements of the world, which are subject to the world, which are subject to the law of sin and death. But see, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, many of us know verse 1 where it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For what the law could not do, that it was weak in the flesh. Verse 2, verse two thank you. Wait a minute, verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin. For verse 3, sorry. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God sending in his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, what did he do with it? He condemned sin in the flesh. You see that? You see, we're talking about the anatomy of the heart. The heart in the Bible is reference to the spirit. So when we talk about learning how to walk in according to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it begins in the simple things you do between your two ears. Just right there we saw. And if we go over to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul said it like this. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body, what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Do you know you're in a service right now? That's what you came here to do, to present your body before God. If you keep all of that in context, that's what he's talking about. You come to church not to come to hear some songs you like or to hear your favorite preacher preach, but you came to present yourself before God, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable worship. That's what we call services, worship services. We present ourselves. In Hebrews, we call it the gathering together, the assembling together of the church of God. And what are we doing? We're presenting ourselves before God because the book of Timothy says that the house of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the, is the house of God, the pillar and the ground of truth. So we present ourselves before God. It's not always in our likeness and convenience and other things of that nature, but that's why it's a living sacrifice. But that also reveals to us our daily continued work in our life and renewing our mind. Our soul... The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, I believe it's verse 6, it just tells us, will you look at that and I'm going to read it off the screen. I might miss it up, Romans 8, 6. It says, for to be carnally minded is what? What is it? Now remember, we're talking about the law of sin and death here. For to be carnally minded is death. Come on, y'all say it with me. I'm going to need some help preaching in here. I only got a certain amount of time and I need your help. To be carnally minded is death. What is death? Separation. Correct. It is. It's separation. It means to be separated. So what are we being separated from? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. What are we being separated from? Life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. 
What are we being separated from? Because if we're spiritually minded, then it's life and peace. So to be carnally minded, we're separated from the very life and the Zoe type and life of God that God intended through the glory that he desires to manifest in your life personally, but for himself. So we have to kind of dissect some things so that we might produce and, and grow and, and flourish and live our lives in such a way that will begin to produce the life and peace that God desires for each and every one of us to have. But I want you to look at the very next verse in verse 7. Very powerful. So the Bible says to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is at enmity. And you know what that word enmity means? Some of your translations might have the word hostile. You ever notice your mind's a little hostile against you sometimes? Have you figured, yeah? You ever have other hostilities come from other people coming out of their mind? That's coming out of the soul. It's coming out of the flesh. I tell you, this is a good marriage thing right here. Because when you walk in the flesh, you're not going to get life and peace out of it. But when you walk in the spirit, you will. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not going to come without challenge, being walk, walking in the spirit. But it is a choice, and it's a decision. Why? Because we're taking our thoughts into captivity. Our thoughts. You know, your thoughts will tell you how you're supposed to feel. Now, the world, will they'll confirm it to you. When you go to certain Places, different people, they'll just say, yeah, that you're clinically this. But did you know the word of God can change you? What cannot God do? Now, none of us would ever probably speak up and say, well, God can, he can't, he can do anything. We'd be almost afraid to say that God can't do something. But you know what God can't do? He can't renew your mind for you. He can't challenge the thoughts that's going on that's sometimes running amok inside our brain and the consciousness of our being. But if we're going to learn to walk in the spirit and not after the flesh to receive life and peace, it has to begin first with the disciplined choice of learning to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, which is in you, which is the hope of glory. Because not, God's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. He's trying to help develop you personally that you might also impact and help develop someone else. And I believe that this is so important today, especially today. You know, there's oftentimes people look at the in times, in this season and time, and I, I, I love, it's very important that the church understands the end times. It's very important the church understands where we are in the spirit, what's happening and things, because even the Bible says that we are headed to a marriage feast, and we are preparing as the bride. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's, I know when I got married, 
uh, I almost had to just kind of step back and just kind of say, well, what colors do you want, baby, me to wear? You know what I mean? I mean, it was all we had to do was show up for our fitting. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Maybe some of you didn't do, wasn't like that. I don't know. But I know my wife, she was, she was planning everything. Huh? And one of the things I learned is I just said, well, whatever you want me to do. So I was, I was building these, these, uh, what, what did you call those things? Yeah, candelabras and stuff because the place didn't have the kind of candelabras she wanted. So she said, I want you to build them. I said, okay. Anybody ever built a candle? I have. That's a prerequisite of getting married. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, she come down that aisle and candelabras on either side, way above her head, hanging over the thing. And, you know, and it was just amazing. And, and so uh, all, of this, all of these things. But, and she did that like within seven weeks. I'm like, my God, that takes me like two years. I, even, I mean, it take me seven weeks to come up with an idea of how this is supposed to look, you know. But, man, she just knew it like that. She knew how it was supposed to go by because in her mind she was preparing probably for a lot longer than I was. And I think guys are kind of like that, you know, I don't know. But she was preparing. All I was thinking about was what kind of Cadillac do I need, so to speak, to get to the airport in? You know, what kind of limo were you going to drive into the airport? You know, I was more important about what happens afterwards, probably what was going on before. But anyhow, the thought is, is that we, uh, in that preparation time, it was, it was very unique. But this is what the Bible says we are doing. We're preparing because the bridegroom is coming. We don't know the hour of the day, but he is coming. And the Bible says that we are presenting ourselves day, weekly, whenever the, whenever the call, the trumpet, the, the sound, I could go through all the biblical sides that happens. And, and so one of the things that we are to do, as, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm beginning this little series here maybe, I don't know, we'll see, but the anatomy of the heart. Because when we begin to understand the things of the Spirit and how to continually walk in the Spirit, how do you begin to walk in the Spirit? It's not the absence of thinking. Okay, we're not, this is not some kind of weird absence, you know, get at your mind completely, you know, just absence of thought. No, it's a renewing of the mind. It's beginning to put thoughts in your mind that will help renew it and how we're supposed to respond, how we're supposed to communicate, how we're supposed to think, because your mind will get retrained. That's what it means to be renewed. In a matter, in a way of thinking that will begin to produce the will of God because your body is going to follow it, whatever your mind tells it to do until your spirit takes over that place of, of, if I can say, leadership on the inside of you. The world doesn't have that. You do. That's why greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that's in the world. And today, I want to... Encourage each and every one of you, as we see this day approaching, as we begin to see, the Bible says, with our own eyes, what will take place in the world. The key for all humanity is salvation through Jesus Christ. People need the word of God. What is that word? Well, you have the word dwelling richly on the inside of you and through your lips they will hear. Through your life they will see. Through your conversation they will see something different than what the normal conversation is. 
But it's a yielding heart that begins to become a fruitful ground for the seed of the word of God. When our heart is unyielded, it begins to harden. But did you know you didn't come with a yielded heart? You came with a hardened heart. But that's why when you get born again, now we have a renewal of our mind. Now we have the soil in which the Word of God can develop and grow in. But the warfare that we have today is in between our two ears and between our spirit and our soul. You know, the Bible is the greatest, I don't even want to call it a book, but it is a book, but it's given to all of us for a reason, and we can't just make it up as we go. We can't say, well, the Spirit's leading me to do this when it's contrary to the Word. That's why we have the Word of God, so that we might grow thereby. The Bible calls it the sincere milk and meat of the word. So I'm going to, if I can say today, put this challenge to you. To begin to take every thought captive. To bring it into obedience. To let the word of God begin to dwell in you more richly and and, and more purely, if I can say it like that. Let it purify you. The Bible says it'll purify you. Well, it will do it to bring healing to you. It'll bring life and it'll bring peace in you when there's no peace in the world. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.